Hello, everybody, and welcome to Athletic Definition. My name is Coach Ray Z, and today we're going to talk about women in sports due to it being Women's History Month, and plus, I have a mother, I have sisters, and I have a daughter. So I am like Kobe Bryant. I am a girl dad. My daughter is not really into sports. She used to like to go hiking with me. Uh, but, you know, my job as a dad is not to push her to do what she doesn't want to do, but just to encourage her what she does. So since so she wasn't too big into sports, whatever she wanted to do, which is school, anything that's bettering for herself, I'm, I'm there to support her and, and show her that. <clears throat> and so to me, even though she's not a big sports fan, when it comes to equality for women, you know, I truly believe in that. Um, I've been doing this show for, I don't know, about eight months now. And I've had a lot of great women guests in the past who are inspirational. I also, um, you know, play a lot of different sports. I've played basketball and I always used to talk smacks and yeah, I could beat any girl. And then I played against a college basketball player and uh, she beat me. Uh, in basketball. Um, so that was a, an eye opener for me. And I invited her on, on the show. So hopefully she will be able to come on. Uh, I also do jujitsu. And in jujitsu, there's plenty of women uh, who I would say could beat the average guy. Um, just no one who knows any basic self defense that could easily choke them out, tap them out. I have uh, personally been tapped out by three different women. Um, luckily, uh, for for my ego, they've all turned out to be world champions, and actually one of them is the current uh, world champion in LFA, which is a fighting league you can see on the UFC, and she just won the title. So uh, as I was looking into the history of women and sports, some of these dates don't go that far back, so it makes it even more surprising to me that man, we're just talking about you know 30 years ago or less, or uh, so... I'm going to start back as far as, you know, I, I'm just going to do kind of a little recap of what I looked into. I'm not going to go too, too detailed, but my plan is I invited nothing but women for this whole month in different sports, uh, boxing, uh, jiu-jitsu, basketball, baseball. Some of the women that I really want to have on, they're not famous, but they're really hardworking um, and they need representation too. Uh, one of them is working three jobs and she's studying and she's a mom. So I would love to have her on, but I completely understand the other one. She's working a full-time job, going to school full-time and started her own business and she likes to run. So that's why I think she would be great for the show because uh, especially as minorities, you know, as I keep looking into the fitness and the fitness industry, uh, if you look at the top fitness influencers, male or female, there's not too much representation. And so I try and spotlight them, the the people that aren't well known. And of course, I also reached out to a lot of the, the top athletes as well. Hopefully, I will uh, get some confirmations. I do have a couple lined up, but a lot of them are still working out schedules and I completely understand. But as I was looking into the history, most women have been overlooked, um, passed by. Um, they never got social support and they always were considered too weak and fragile for for sports and um in 1972 title nine passed which is for discrimination and at that time only 15 percent of athletes uh in college were women and seven percent 
were in high school were females as well. And even though that, that, you know, Title IX passed, it's been a struggle for them to get uh, funding for uniforms and equal pay. And it just goes on and on. I, it almost seems like this topic could really go on for months and I will probably keep, you know, digging into it uh, further and further in the modern Olympics in the 1900s. Uh, I, that was like, I guess the first time women were allowed and there was 22 women out of a thousand athletes and they were only allowed to compete in two sports, which was tennis and golf because at the time they considered them once again, too weak and fragile to be competing in other sports. Um, in 1912, uh, the USA, finally allowed swimming and they allowed women, but the USA had no women representatives because even though women were allowed, they wanted them to wear like skirts up to their ankles. I don't know how you're going to swim with skirts all the way up to your ankles. And also for the other sports, which made it more difficult. Um, In 1938 in Los Angeles was the first woman to play in the PGA uh, Open. In uh, from 1936 to 1960, women were not allowed to compete uh, in any races more than 800 meters. Once again, it's because they just thought it wasn't, um, you know, a lot of it had to do with the roles that they, they maybe it's true. I'm not quite sure, but that the roles that the men wanted to see women in, um, there's a a lot tied in. Like I said, I have to do a deeper dive. The more I, I saw so many documentaries in the last couple of days getting ready for the show i read so many articles and it's you know the war helped because that kind of helped change the way men saw women and that helped also um bicycles bicycles was a, kind of a changing where uh, women were kind of allowed to do more than just you know the basic tennis um when they played basketball they weren't really allowed to use the full court they had it like taped off because they didn't want them to overexert themselves because once again, they, they thought they were too weak and fragile. This one will surprise me a little bit. 1991 was the first uh, women's world cup, which to me, that's like just yesterday. And then I'm a huge marathon runner. So Catherine Switzer, in 1967 was the first woman to do the Boston Marathon. And while she was running it, she was attacked by the race director because she was a woman. Prior to that, there was another woman, I believe, uh, 1966. Her name was Bobby Gibb, and she attempted to run the Boston. And, the, you know, I can't really make it out because it says she hid in a bush to start in the line, and then she says she completed it, but then it also says she was disqualified uh, because she was a female. So I, I want to look at more into that story. But after that, um, Catherine was the one, first one to complete it. She'd get, she got attacked by the race director. He was kind of hot-tempered. They became friends later on. And I'm assuming that someone had to have given her the bib because I just I'm assuming that they didn't allow women, so I'm not sure how she got the bib, but she got the bib. Looking into her history, she was like one of the first women to compete in college track versus males. And I got to see a nice interview with her. Um, She's still running. After she finished and crossed the line, it took her like four hours and I think 20 minutes. 
she said a lot of the reporters were upset waiting for her to finish they wanted you know to know why she was doing it and some people said are you just trying to prove a point you know what's the point and she said you know it's not a one-time thing you know 50 years from now you're going to see me running and she's still running and you know now now at the time the interview was done and it was done done for fox sports um now 50 percent of all running participants in the United States are females. So we've come a long way, um, but still there's a lot of, a uh, lot of work to be done, especially with minorities. I think uh, Latin uh, runner marathon runners is only like 5% of it. And, you know, it just kind of, it, it goes to show you where maybe, you know, a lot of people say, well, you know, they don't pack the arenas as much. Well, maybe they could have packed the arenas if they would have started the same time as men. Maybe the popularity would have grown. Uh, we never know. Um, I Some people may not consider this a sport, but I watch uh, wrestling. And in wrestling in 1999, China was the first uh, woman to enter the men's Royal Rumble. That was like groundbreaking at the time. And it took years later... Jeez, actually, 2018 was when they finally gave women uh, their all Royal Rumble match. So it's nothing but 30 women in the ring. And to me, the matches are just as entertaining as the all men's Royal Rumble. Since then, since China, there's been three other additional women to enter the men's Royal Rumble. Um, I like UFC. UFC has, I like MMA. And I mentioned a little bit of jujitsu, how women are really good at, at jiu-jitsu because it has a lot of, to do with technique and a lot of men like to use brute strength and force. And it's that's not jiu-jitsu, it's, it's about technique. So uh, I see the, the whole sport of MMA evolving. Back in 2011, there's an interview, you can YouTube it. Dana White is asked by the pap paparazzi TMZ, when are we gonna see women in MMA? And he, his response was never. At the time, there was another uh, league that is no longer around. It's, it was called Strike Force, and they had women fighters at the time. And you know, Misha Tate, which later on went to UFC and became champion, and other other well-known fighters uh, that were good. And it kind of makes you wonder: Was Dana White really being honest? His response later on, when he came on a show with Ronda Rousey, he told her that at the time he was having um, a hard time for people just to accept men fighting in a cage. So how were they going to accept women? But at the time, you know, women were getting a big draw at Strike Force. So I'm not quite sure if Dana White was being completely honest with that. Um, and then now, let's see, actually, Ronda Rousey was the first woman signed to UFC in November 2012. She became one of their biggest draws. And I, you know, generations pass so quickly. You, you can grow up watching Kobe Bryant or anybody else, and then they inspire little kids. So I know Ronda Rousey inspired a bunch of young ladies to want to be MMA fighters. And you can see the evolution as they become more well-rounded in MMA. They're they're more complete. And then Amanda Nunez came. Very ferocious, very well-rounded. She became undisputed champion. And up until recently, Julia Pena, which I wrote her an email, and she is Latina. Hopefully, she will want to come on. Uh, she is now the champion. 
And you can just see, like I said, the evolution. There's a lot more women. And now we have um, Khabib who was undefeated in the UFC. And he his dad passed away. He made a promise to his dad that he wouldn't continue to fight uh, after he passed. And now he's kind of started his own fight league. It's called Eagle FC. He says he does not want women in there. And he kind of spoke on it a bit. He's, you know, it's up to everybody to decide what, you know, if they feel his reasons are legitimate. He doesn't even want ring girls in, in his um, league. He says that the reason he doesn't want women is because right now, you know, there's maybe about six really, really, really good top notch fighters and they're pretty much in UFC. So as, as they, grow as the sports grows and they become more well-rounded he says we'll see uh, but i'm not quite sure he, he's a tough guy he could beat me up so i'm gonna kind of leave it for you guys to decide on that i'm also a huge uh, basketball fan and uh the wnba came into a si- existence in 1996 but they didn't, didn't actually start playing till 1997 you know i think i watched a few of the games. Uh, I am a fan of basketball, but I'm not a fan of all basketball. So I don't watch college basketball. And even I am a fan of the NBA, you know, with life, I really start kind of watching it during the all-star, which just passed. And then I really try to pay attention during the playoffs. So I don't, not that I don't want to, it's just like I said, uh, the WNBA hasn't caught my interest I do know a lot of the stars. I do remember when the first girl dunked. I thought that's what I actually wanted to see. Uh, there's so, been so many great moments in sports brought to you by women. And that's what I wanted to do basically with, uh, well, there's one more major thing that came about too. It's uh, Billie Jean King, The Battle of the Sexes in 1973. And the woman won. So that just goes to show you right there. Um, that just kind of all helps, I think, just change the attitude of people and and how they portray women in sports. And I have Isidro, who either has a question or comment. So welcome, Isidro. How are you doing Doing today? well, man. Thanks for uh, letting me up. And now this is such an awesome topic. Uh, obviously, we shouldn't just celebrate one month. It should be all year round. Uh, but I wanted... Yeah, all these names you're dropping, there's awesome to hear, right? Women in sports. But I've also want to bring up the the women who are in professional sports, who are executives that are running teams that would otherwise be uh, male-dominated, right? And one in particular comes to mind is Amy Trask, who I don't know if you remember her. She was uh, the CEO of the Oakland, well, LA Raiders first and then Oakland. But um, and now you see women officiating NFL games as well as uh, you know NBA games and and just you know we have to applaud them as well because that's probably an even harder barrier to, to break through. Would you? You know what? That's something I during all my my uh, kind of deep diving into the sports. I completely forgot about. But you're right. That is probably one of the more difficult things. Even now, just for male minorities, you see the lawsuit with Flores going on in the NFL. And yes, now you do start to see women officiate officials and coaches. And yeah, that, that 
that's something I'm going to have to look into as, as well. I, I'm glad you mentioned that. Yeah, no, and, and like you said on the beginning uh, of the show, we, we, we have to push it forward, man, because um, I, I'm, I'm convinced that, that it was women who invented the earth and uh, men just kind of took it over. So uh, I, I would like, if I had a fantasy sort of show that I could write, is what if the roles were reversed in the history of life? Like, what if women became the hunters and the men became the gatherers, right? They cook and all that. What would this world look like? I think it would be a lot more peaceful, but that's just my. <laughs> you know, that's interesting because as, like I said, I, the more I looked into it, I'm like, man, there's just so much more I really have to dive into. And depending on if I'm able to get guests for the whole month or not, I'll probably do a little bit more deep diving, but I found some like a, cave paintings of women playing sports like in like uh, i'm trying to think of the time it was like way before even sports or even males were playing so it might have started that way and something might have changed along the way so it to me it's it's fascinating just kind of the history and then also just kind of looking back and thinking that that wasn't too long ago anything really when you think about it yeah you're right and it, it we tend to base our timing on years and, and, and stuff that, you know, it seems to take a long time, but it just, maybe there's a scientific explanation that time is going by faster nowadays. I I think it's our smartphones that make time go faster, but I, I do believe that we have to start getting rid of the stereotypes about sports where, uh, or even in, 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 um, jobs that take women for granted as far as their strength, physical agility. And you brought up like the jujitsu example. I think you said jujitsu. There's some women that just could kick ass. And uh, regardless of weight, yes, of course, you're always going to have that weight difference and, and muscle mass. But man, I, I just think that we need to celebrate them more or at least bring it to where it's an equal. I mean, I know maybe this sounding too idealistic, but just an equal playing field, man, because it's, it is bullshit. Uh, sorry for that. But, you know, a couple of weeks ago, I think, or last week when the U.S. women's uh, national team settled a lawsuit, and I'm not saying $24 million is not a lot of money, but it's not a lot of money for the, when you compare what they have been doing as opposed to the men for women's soccer in USA. I mean, they're like badasses, and yet they had to fight for this and all they get is $24 million. I'm not saying it's not a lot of money. I'd love $24 million, but I think it should be clearly on the other side. It should have never taken something like that court and, you know, a public opinions about why women should at least be making the same amount as the men when it comes to, uh, you know, us soccer. But uh, no, we, we need to push it forward. Like you said, that's why I'm loving the show, man. Yeah. There was a, a lot of, a. Uh... You know, soccer is probably one of the sports that I least watch. But as I was looking into that, I'm like, oh, the women were getting bigger ratings than the guys and they still weren't getting the equal pay. And it always the men will always be like, well, they don't pack the arenas like the way men do. And that's where I went back to. Well, the men had like a big head start. It's it, of course, they're going to be able to pack the arenas because that's what we're used to. But if the women started before, would, would it still be the same? And then. If they're packing the arenas, then why not? Why they maybe they should even get more than the men if they're, you know, getting the the, the 
viewers and the the jersey sales and everything else like that. The other thing that they kept saying is that, uh, especially to the women's soccer team, they kept telling them, you guys are lucky to be here. Um, you guys should be grateful to be here. And anytime any w- women excelled in pretty much any sport, they wouldn't really be talking about their athletic accomplishments. It would be like, oh, she's really good looking. Or there would be more talking about other things, you know, their their personal life, uh, whether they were getting pregnant instead of actually their athletic achievements on the court. Yeah, yeah. And, and it's a sad point that you're making, right, uh, that, that we still feel that it, in a lot of levels, not just sports, that, you know, you're lucky to be here. Um, it, it's, it's disheartening. And, and you can't really say that that has changed much. Of course, there's a lot more change and there's a lot more money to be spread out. And, and you know, women basketball players, for example, are probably making more money. But look, look how long it took for women's soccer to succeed. I mean, they tried to launch several leagues and they would fold. And the sad part is that, you know, uh, women and little girls aspire to be certain things. And then they, they get, I don't know if I want to say sidetrack, <laughs> you know, and then we forget about them. We don't support them through their, uh, you know, the development. And I think it shows up in the corporate world as well. So um, these are very important topics, man. I, I'm I'm glad you're you're taking them on head on, and I hope you know we extend it way past <laughs> Mark. You know. <laughs> oh, of course, and and you know that's one thing that I've been trying to do. At, when I first started the show, I try to kind of go like I wanted to have a male and then female. And of course, other representations with the way it is now. And trust me, I've sent out invites to everybody. But then it just got really complicated. I'm like, oh no, I'm like, people have schedules, people have lives. So I just couldn't do an equal balance of, I want to have a female athlete, a male athlete. But I've had, have had plenty of female athletes. If, if you want to go check out any past shows, and I try to bring on a variety from, you know, yoga to jujitsu to I've had, um, Ultra runners, uh, I can't pronounce that. I think it's called Batsalona, uh, and everything. And I'm I'm hoping to have a a boxer who just graduated from. She's just I would call her scholar baller, but there's no ball involved. But she has multiple championships in boxing, and uh, you know, the more I look at the the history of women in sports. I, I see a big correlation to like minorities and, and lack of representation. And I, I can definitely relate because of that, because I'm like, they're just not getting their fair shot, their, their fair shake. And it just doesn't go on to, like you mentioned, the, the sports this also goes into the executive offices, the coaching, and even outside of sports in the corporate world. Yeah. And the other thing that we, uh, sort of not forgot well i mean you know women coaching in the nfl right now you're starting to see more females going into those places where they offer i mean if you think about high stakes sports right the professional leagues it's it's about the money that's not let's not <laughs> uh, forget about that it's it's primarily about winning but it goes with money right if you win you make more money the franchise is valued more and you know, people who own those franchises, they they may have an ego or so, right? But if you look at corporate culture, when you have an equal balance of how women can contribute to a boardroom, well, imagine what a coaching staff, how a coaching staff could benefit from a perspective 
of a person, and in this case, being a female, right? She's she bring she she just would probably bring a perspective that most males wouldn't see because think about it, it takes so long to crack into a coach at the NFL level, right? They 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 take so long, right? It's very rare that you know. I mean, even when you think about Jim Harbaugh, for example, right? He got his crack from the the Raiders back in the early two thousands, and. So imagine how difficult it is for a woman to get in there. But once they get in there, imagine the type of diversity that a coaching, uh, you know, a team with with diverse coaching with perspectives of not just minorities but women. Imagine how powerful that is, and how that translates to a football field. You know, on a fourth down and one with two minutes to go. You know, and the wind is at your face. Like think about those things. And I, I think that any team that brings on a female coach. Uh, is is probably has has a better edge, um, and that's just an example. I think I hope to see that more in baseball and definitely in in other. Yeah, football, especially in coaching, the coaches that they have, they you know don't give up their positions. They get fired and they get jobs in other places. And I would say that's one of the few sports where there isn't too much age discrimination because you see coaches into their sixties, seventies. And that, that's a long time for other people to get an opportunity as well, especially if you're a female or a minority and you're trying to get in there. It almost seems like a, what do they call it, a good old boys club, where unless, once you get in there, you're in there. But to get in there, that's the difficult part. And I could definitely see it for females. And then they have to deal with guys. Will they respect them or not? Will they... Hmm, young guys full of testosterone not that all guys are like that but you know it does have to do with winning like you mentioned it is a business the other thing though is that a lot of sports are going straight into analytics and even the head coaches aren't really making the decisions it's more about the numbers and the statistics so if that is the case you could have a woman go in there and let the statistics make the decision just like the males do because now it's almost like the guys aren't coaching either because they're letting the computers do everything Wow. Yeah. It reminds me of that movie back, uh, I think 2014 draft day with Kevin Costner about the Cleveland Browns on their draft day and his uh, girlfriend, Jennifer Gardner. She plays the, uh, the person who does the salary cap and she's a badass in there. Right. And uh, it, to your point that it's not, it may not even have to do with calling the plays on the field is what is, this person contribute to this organization. And if, I mean, going back to the Oakland Raiders, Amy Trask ran that team for like 22, 23 years. She was a CEO. I mean, imagine that being in a room with 31 other males deciding the fate of the NFL and Al Davis, when he was alive, he said, I don't care what, who it is. I don't care what color. I don't care female, as long as they make my team better. And you got to admit, man, the female CEO, uh, it hasn't happened since. I hope it happens soon. But think about it. Amy Trask was running an NFL football team, a CEO, chief executive officer. A, a lot of people don't know that. And uh, that's why we need to have shows like this to express the, you know, uh, the Cincinnati Bengals, the daughter of Paul Brown uh, is running that team. So it is, it's, it's coming, man. It's coming. And I think it would make for better football. <laughs> yeah. And I can't remember her name, but she was the president of the Rams when they won their first two championships in St. Louis. She passed away. She was the current owner. And in basketball, you have a genie bus who I 
I believe she was also in control when they won a couple of championships. So little by little, um, you know, I don't know. It's kind of like different in the NBA because that was family, but still at least she has the opportunity to prove that, that a woman can do it and do a good job. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, I'll go back down to, and uh, let you finish, man. I'm sorry for taking up a lot of time, but thank oh, no you for problem. bringing this subject, man. I appreciate it. And as I mentioned, I just kind of did some quick research on this and, you know, I'm looking to have my female guest for this month. I I looked at it. There's about nine days that I do shows. So I'm hoping to bring you at least uh, eight different women with athletes in, in different fields, different sports and you know, one thing that I think uh, maybe a lot of us guys forget about is uh, I I can think back to when Kevin Durant won the MVP. Kevin Durant um, basically talked about how his mom sacrificed so much, would yell at him, wake him up early, you know, take him to practice. And all that it, for him to say that she was the MVP. So a lot of these male athletes, um, they wouldn't be where they're at if it wasn't for mom taking them to practice mom supporting them and that goes for me you know i'm not a professional athlete but one of the persons who has supported my athletic journey has been my mom and i think that's that's something that in sports we're not even looking at is how much mom support their children whether and you know they're male or female they're always taking them to sports they're always taking them to the games or making sure their their cleats are there they have their food uh they're at the wrestling games they're at, at everything and besides that they're working full-time as well so i wanted to give a big shout out to all the moms out there that don't get the recognition besides on mother's day because a lot of these athletes that we look up to would not even be our sports heroes if it wasn't for a mom so thank you mom if you're listening i i appreciate everything you've done and you know to all the other females uh if you feel that you know and i'm not saying it's easy but you you're being examples for future generations um you know just like i could see it you know especially on on sports that are just evolving right now like mma is still so so I think MMA kind of took over like what was happening in boxing, Leila Ali, uh, Christy Martin, uh, and there's others that were starting to bring recognition to boxing, but you know, there just wasn't enough females at high caliber to bring the attention. And then the ones that did, I think just kind of went over to MMA, but now as more young women see them growing up, it's a tough game. The fight game is a tough game, but I know more are being inspired. I know when I go to jujitsu and I go to kickboxing and boxing classes, I see more females and I, I hear them talking about them wanting to go to that level. And I personally know girls that are climbing the ranks and to me, more power to them. Uh, as I mentioned, I don't have any brothers. So I grew up in a, you know, a family where my dad was working all the time. My mom was working with them, supporting and running their own business. So I played with my sisters a lot and then with my guy friends. And um, once I became a father, that that just changed my perspective even more. And it's really sad that, you know, Kobe and his daughter Gigi passed away because I think that uh, Kobe and her would have been a great ambassador for the females. And hopefully we can get someone else to step in and, and play that role because 
what they're doing or what he did. Even now with them passing, they, they, they left a legacy. And I know that, you know, even though she passed so young, people, generations will be inspired and we're going to see the game change and evolve where you won't see in the future unless we turn into cyborgs, half cyborgs, um, where you're going to see a giant difference between the males and females. And uh, even if we don't, I, I hope that we can get to the point where we can just talk about their athletic skills and what they did on the field instead of how hot they are or anything like that. I know it happens to men, but not as much because, um, you know, you, you don't, you don't hear, I mean, you'll see it here and there. I, I saw a couple of interviews where the female reporters are checking out the guys, but even the commentators and, as I was looking into it, they're just, they're not even talking about what they're doing on the field. They're just talking about their looks or who they're dating. Uh, Anna Kornikova was one of them. They, they never talked about her. I think she was ranked like number one in tennis and they never talked about that. All they did was talk about her and who she was dating and what magazine she's on. And uh, I think, I think until the Williams sisters came in, they really kind of changed that. But I was looking at a speech uh, where she was saying she was overlooked uh, because she looked different and because she was a woman and because she looked stronger than other people. And um, it, I know as a minority, you have to go through a lot. So being a minority and a female, it's got to be even a more difficult road. So I just kind of wanted to mention what I'll be doing as a tribute to all the female athletes uh, this upcoming month. I'm looking to have them. And in the meantime, if you want to check out, like I said, uh, you know, I listen to Joe Rogan, probably one of the reasons why I want to have a podcast. Some people may not agree with some of the recent things he's done, but one of the things that I, I did see is that he brings in a lot of like workout people, but I, you know, he seems to bring on more males than females. And I wanted to do the opposite. I wanted to try and uh, do a balance. So I'm looking to just bring on people because I I want like my sisters and my family and my cousins and future generations to be able to hear this and be like, oh, if she can do it and she had to go through that, then I can do this and just hopefully inspire them. You can check out past episodes where I've had even a blind jujitsu practitioners, females, and, you know, going into a dojo uh, for martial arts can be intimidating. And I can just imagine having to walk into a martial arts without having any sight being a female, how even more intimidating that is. So I, I give major props to, you know, all my past guests and I'm, I'm glad they were able to come on and, and share their story. And even if it inspires one person that, that's all I want. And um, I'm hoping that I can pull off some of these guests that uh, have told me yes. I'm just working on confirmation dates. So tomorrow, uh, either I'm going to have a guest and I'll put it up. If not, what I was planning to do is because this subject is like goes so far back where I could actually deep dive more into a particular subject. This one, I just kind of wanted to give a brief history of kind of what women, uh, have had to deal with. And that's just in this country. In other countries, is different. So maybe I can get a global perspective. I am going to be having Maggie from, she's my one confirmed guest so far. She is a runner from Hong Kong. And that'll be an interesting perspective. I would love to know who her female um, influences were growing up, if you know they had any. Um, 
just even besides sports growing up, the only two minority heroes that I could think of is Zorro and Bruce Lee. Um, So for females, it's got to be even more difficult to find. Um, Now it's better. You know, you can find them in everything else, but just, it just seems so long ago and just like yesterday at the same time. So I want to thank everybody for joining me today. And I hope you join me for the future episodes. I will be putting up who I have on. I'd like to thank everybody in the audience and Cidro for coming up. Until tomorrow, 6 p.m. Pacific time zone, this has been Coach Ray with Athletic Definition. And I'll see you tomorrow. Thank you, everybody.